Good afternoon, good evening, good night, somewhere around the world. It is Across the Tracks podcast. We are back and getting ready to get into some topics that the world and or our friends may or may not know about. So I'm Steve. Hey, and I am Wayne, and welcome again to another insightful episode of Across the Tracks. Good to be here, my friend. Good to be with you again on this fine Sunday evening out in the wild, wild west and the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Football is back. Football, football is, is back. back. Yes, I, I kind of like watching some football today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I actually was flipping between, uh, I was watching, um, I watched a little bit of Brady's debut, um, see what was happening there. So I was switching between the games, and uh, my uh, Nuggets came back today. I had to watch that game because the Nuggets were playing the Clippers, and they actually beat the Clippers. Is that right? Game seven, yes. They have beat the Clippers two times in a row, force a game seven Uh Tuesday night in the NBA uh, semifinals, chance to go to the Western Conference Finals. So the Nuggets were balling today, so I had to watch that. And then I was switching, too, to watch uh, my Seattle Storm. WNBA, they were they were on today playing Las Vegas, so that was a good game. So yeah, lots of good sports action today. If you uh, if football is your thing, then I'm sure you're very happy that uh, the NFL is back and you got a chance to catch your favorite team on uh, one of the channels that the games are playing on. So now now did the Lakers close out the Hornet? I mean the uh, yeah uh, the Lakers closed out Houston. Houston uh, they beat Houston and. Uh, uh, yeah, Houston, man. I, I don't know why they thought they were gonna gonna compete and beat the Lakers playing that small ball crap. Uh, <laughs> they had nobody to defend Anthony Davis, and yeah. uh, so they got they got eliminated uh, the other night. So now the Lakers are waiting for the winner of the um, let's see, Clippers, Clippers, yeah, and wait Denver. for the winner of the Nuggets and the uh, the Clippers, and that game seven is Tuesday night. The Eastern Conference Finals get underway. Uh, Eastern Conference Finals get underway Tuesday. Uh, Boston will be playing Miami, and I hope Miami takes out Boston. I, I like Miami, man. And I hope Denver takes out the Clippers. <laughs> I hope so, man. I hope. <laughs> you know, so. I you know I always talk about watching Skip and Shannon, and so it's gonna be it's gonna be rare tomorrow. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun since. You know, Skip and Shannon are always on the opposing sides, you know, yep, so yep. It, it's going to be a lot of fun tomorrow. So yep, to, uh, it, it, I'll be tuned into that yep. at uh, 930 sharp tomorrow morning for yep. sure. It's going to be the same on uh, uh, first take with Stephen A and, yep. uh, and Max, because Stephen A is like always on Max about, you know, Kawhi's the best player in the world, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the Clippers, man, they the Denver got them shook, man. Denver had them shook, and uh, Jokic, the big man, he's playing out of his mind. Murray is balling, and um, that, that new uh, the rookie they got, Michael Porter, he's been balling. Uh, Paul Millsap, the veteran, he's he's balling. I mean, the Nuggets are clicking at the right time. So yeah, I hope they take the Clippers out, man, because I'm I'm sick of folks talking about the Clippers. I love Kawhi Leonard. But uh, I, I'm sick of folks talking about the Clippers, man. And, yeah. you know, uh, let let's let the Nuggets take them out. So game seven, it's all on the line Tuesday night. I will be there in the flesh, not in the flesh, but, you know, watching <laughs> on my, watching here at the bubble, watching from down in the bubble and uh, rooting for the Nuggets all the way. So gotcha, gotcha, absolutely. Gotcha. So so what uh, what are we chatting about tonight, my friend? Oh, I think we want to uh, talk about. A little bit of, you know, this past week was, um, I think it was Friday, 
was the anniversary of 9-11. There's um, some memorials that we want to talk about to to deal with there. Uh, There's a little uh, deception that we want to mention a little bit. Don't go too much into it, but we want to talk (laughs) about a little, little bit of deception. And uh, we want to talk about somebody from E-Town. Talk about our one of our homies that's yeah. uh, that's uh, doing doing great things back home. So yeah, absolutely. Um, that's that's where we are. That's where All we right. are, and we'll we'll move forward from there. All right. All right. So um, Friday, as you mentioned, was nine eleven, and uh, so you know, I I think you know if we think you know during our lifetimes, we've seen a lot of historic events take yes. place. Yeah. Um, you know, not compared to our parents or, you know, what they some of the things they saw in their lifetimes. But just since we've been here on this planet, we've seen a lot of historic events and you always knew where you were at certain things. So I like to throw throw back to you is like, where were you on 9-11? What do you remember? What were you doing and what space were you in uh, when 9-11 occurred? Well, uh it was, I don't remember the day itself. It was a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever. But I was teaching history. And uh, I was, you know, I forget. Um, you know, 19 years ago. I, I've been out of the Air Force for 19 years. It'll be 19 years in November. So um, that was my reflections. Um, you know, that's where I was doing what I was doing. It was, you know, I was technically I was still on active duty. Um, I would not be released until uh, that Friday if they were going to let me go. So fortunately, they did. So I was still on active duty at the time. So uh, high alert all across uh, not only the U.S., uh, but forces were on alert overseas as well because you didn't know what the reach of this was. And so, you know, um, you know, it, it was it was just crazy, man, that this happened on American soil. So. Um, those are my reflections um, from from that day. Uh, again, never will forget it because you know it's it's one of those things, man. Like you say, the Challenger, uh, the Challenger explosion. Uh, I was on active duty when the Challenger exploded. I was actually working uh, in the base message, message center, and we actually got the message and on the teletype that the the Challenger had exploded. And we're mm-hmm. like, I mean, we knew it before the news actually released it. We're like. What the hell? And then, you know, it started coming on the news broadcast. And so, you know, Kennedy being assassinated, you knew where you were. It's those yeah, kind yep. of, yep. you know, it was, it was one, that one kind of those, of one of those moments. We weren't right. around when Pearl Harbor took place, no, but no, no. we were alive. Just, just think about this. You know, we're, you know, I just turned 64 yesterday yep. and the things that's happening in my lifetime, you know, as a second grader, Kennedy was assassinated in 1963. Uh, Malcolm X was assassinated in in 60. I think it was also 63, 65, 65. 65. Yeah, yeah. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. Bobby Kennedy was assassinated in 68. You know, we saw Kent State, the Kent State massacre that happened yeah. in 1970. You know, we we've seen a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, the Iranian hostage crisis that yeah. took place in '79, yeah. Watergate. <clears throat> throughout that entire time, those two years that Watergate took place from '72 to '74, uh, 
um, the end of Vietnam, 75, yep. uh, 1980, you know, the, the, the next change that happened when, when President Reagan took office, all the presidents that's gone, that's, yep. <clears throat> that's been elected and, and served and so on, yep. uh, the Standinistas, we've seen Nelson Mandela, Nelson Mandela be released from prison. You know, there's a lot of things that's happened in our lifetimes that's in the history books. And we've been around to witness that, you yeah. know, and kids, kids coming up today, you know, the guys that are in high school today, you know, they weren't when most of them weren't alive when 9-11 happened. Nope. Nope. You know, yeah, that is that's that is wild. You know, that so what they know of 9-11 is be is going to be told to them from their parents or looking at news reports from then and the dedications and the memorials that's going on. But, you know, they haven't witnessed that, an event yep. like that in their lifetime, other than what they're going through right now with the pandemic. Right, right. This, this, this is their 9-11 moment. This is, this is their <laughs> moment that I was around when the pandemic happened, when... Yeah. You know, as of right now, you know, 190,000 Americans, 190,000 Americans have died yeah. from this virus. 190,000. Yeah. Wow. That 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 number, I mean, is wow. Compared to the folks who died on 9/11, I mean, the what's going on now with the pandemic, I mean, it's it just it's it's enormous. Yeah. You know, we lost a lot of people on 9-11, but this 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 is beyond anything like that, man. Yeah. Um, what I want to I want to, you know, re- mention something about 9-11. Um, you know, I, I was I was not a huge George Bush fan, but the one thing I will give him credit for was the fact that he united the country at that time. It, it was like, hey. Everybody on board, all hands on deck, so to speak, you know, America's been attacked and, you know, there were some things that went on that probably shouldn't have and got us into some some wars that we probably shouldn't be involved in to this day. But right. the fact that right. he invoked the spirit of we are united, we have to stand together against this because we truly don't know what it is. And I, I applaud him for that because he, he came out there with his bullhorn standing on the rubble, you know, iconic, you know, you know, we're with you. We need to get through this together. We're going to stand together. Uh, that that was a message the country needed to hear then. Yes. Contrast yes. that to what I, I agree with you 100 uh, <laughs> percent on 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 George W. Bush. You know, I, I wasn't as a, a big fan of him as well. Right. I thought, right. you know, he wasn't the smartest person to be the president of the United States until now. Right. <laughs> uh, but, you know, there's one thing, there's one statement that he that he said during that time period. It may have been when he was on that pile of rubble that it convinced the entire world that they were with us. Right. And he said right. this. Either you're with us or you're with the terrorist. Yep. Plain yep. and simple. Yep. That statement right there uh, was probably the most important thing that he's ever done in his life. Yep. Because you had to you had to choose sides. Absolutely. Either you're with us 
or you with those guys who took those two buildings down and killed almost 3,000 Americans, you know, in an act of cowardice. Yep, yep. No, that was powerful. That was powerful. And that that's that was leadership. Yes. That was leadership. Contrast that to what's going on now, which which which, which you know, I, I recommend that we segue because <laughs> since we're talking yeah. about, you know, giving the country hope and telling the country like, look, this is dire circumstances and we need to pull together in this these times of crisis. We got to pull together. Contrast that to what happened earlier this week when you have the leader of, quote, the free world come out that, yeah, I knew this stuff was bad. I knew it was deadly, but I didn't want to tell you that. And that is like, dude, that's not the message the country, the country wants to know. If we're in dire circumstances, I don't think any citizen in this country would not want to know that. So we can prepare for that. So we know what we're dealing with. You don't hide crap from people like that, man. And so contrast George W. Bush to now. You're talking about a cowardly act. That is a cowardly act. And like you said, 190 plus thousand people are dead. And it's all because you are a liar. And I don't know how. I don't know how you rationalize that, man. I mean, can you, if you can tell me how people rationalize that. Your loved ones, maybe you had loved ones who died from COVID. You know someone, a friend who has died from COVID. Their family was and whatnot. And then it comes out that this guy knew about this all along and didn't share that with the American people. Instead, you lied about it. You mocked the procedure. You mocked the scientist. You mocked the, mocked the doctors, whatnot. And you knew all along, man, this is some deadly stuff. Your words, his words, out of his mouth, this is some deadly stuff. So two different examples of leadership in crisis. So your thoughts. <laughs> crisis. We're in a crisis. Um, I agree with you. You know, it's the point that he withholds this information and those people are the people that follow him still believe he's doing the right thing thing. I don't understand it. I don't understand in January or February when he knew what this was, he knew that it was airborne, that he would not say that you're going to inhale this. It's going to come through your your, your nose, your mouth, your eyes, whatever. Get masked. Let's stop this now. Everybody get masked. If he would have done that from the very beginning, there would have been a lot of people that would have been able to survive this. Yep. It's plain and, and simple, but, but yet he's such a non-leader that he doesn't want to take responsibility. Oh, I'm going to leave it up to the governors or it's the governors that's responsible for making making that decision. And you know those those governors that, that follow him, they're going to say, well, He's saying don't wear a mask, so I'm not going to have my people wear a mask because I'm going to follow behind him. If he jumps off the frigging cliff, I'm going to jump off the frigging right. cliff just like right. him. Right. And so all this death and so on that has happened because he didn't want to share it, and now he is in 
his words and he wants to say that, oh, that wasn't me. What I was really trying to do was to keep people from panicking. Well, guess what, dumbass? People are fucking panicking. <laughs> oh, you my know, gosh. People, people are pissed off, you know? But, but, but here, here's, here, here's, here's the hypocrisy of his statement, right? He, uh, he didn't want to cause panic. But you don't have a problem inciting people to violence and, you know, making other statements that inflame the situation and getting people riled up. That's not causing panic. Yeah. I mean, you're, you, you talk, you're talking out of both sides of your neck, man. <laughs> and, um, well, gosh, man, I, I just like when he, when that came out, I'm like, are you shitting me? <laughs> I mean, really, you knew about this. But yet, like you say, man, he does not want to take responsibility for nothing. And so you kept quiet about it. And um, we were, you know, we, we attend this church here. We, have, we haven't been to the church for a while because I'm, I'm not going there. So we watched their live stream on Sunday morning. And so the pastor said something this morning. Cynthia and I were like, he's not going to come out and condemn the president. But if you read between the lines, he's very covertly given a shot across the bow. And one of the things he said today was, we are supposedly one nation under God. And he says, I would like to ask certain individuals, what God are you serving? When you go day after day after day and you condone the lies and you condone the hypocrisy and you condone all the other stuff that you know in your heart of hearts is wrong, then you are just as complicit as the person who is committing the act. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> if that don't lay it at your doorstep, I don't know what does. Yeah. And so I guarantee you, if he knew this back in January, other people knew it too. And they said nothing and they, they were in lockstep with him, didn't say anything. And so in my view, he's got blood on his hands. These other people got blood on their hands too. Yeah. Yeah. And 190 thousand plus people. I think we're up to 191,000 people almost. Yeah. You know, you you're you're just as guilty as this guy is because you didn't say anything. You haven't said anything all along about all the wrongdoing that has gone on. You are just as complicit as he is. And so um it's those sad. Guys, those people you're talking about could have shut this stuff down. Absolutely. As soon as it started, as soon as he came out with his first lies, they could have shut that stuff down Absolutely. Absolutely. and said, look, we are Congress, we are the House, we are the Senate, and we can shut this stuff down. What do you want to get accomplished? Oh, you right. want to get that accomplished? We ain't doing that. Right. Stop lying. We're going to right. shut this stuff down. But as you mentioned, they're cowards. You yeah. know, they're hiding. They don't want to say anything that that they are afraid of a tweet. Right. Come on, right. man. Right. You right. weak, pathetic right. cowards. Yep. And then the other thing is, Pap is just as bad because he's yep. going to back. He backs him up on everything. You know, yep. the, you know, uh, the, you know, the current occupant at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. He's doing such a great job. He ain't doing jack. Nope. Nope. You know. You know, even to this day, he's going to rallies and people are saying, well, I'm not going to wear I'm not going to wear a mask. I'm not going to do social distancing just because he's not showing leadership. Right. Right. Yeah. What he 
what did he put on a mask for a, a couple a couple times? Right. <laughs> you know, look what I did. I, I've had enough pressure that I put on a mask and I walked down this hallway. I put on a mask. I was in there. He hasn't done it since. Nope. Nope. And I, I thought it was ironic. I thought it was ironic at the 9-11 ceremony uh, where Biden, they uh, met uh, your former governor. And Cynthia's like, does he have a mask on? <laughs> And I'm like, yep, Pence got a mask on. Oh, what he's going to wear a mask. You, you, you know what? Mask on. You know what he doesn't do? He doesn't put a mask on when the current occupant yeah. is in the same place that he does. Yeah. Any yeah. other time, that punk <laughs> puts a mask on. Yeah. yeah. That shows you. That shows you complicity right there. Absolutely. When I'm when I'm standing in front of the current occupant, I'm not going to have a mask on because he wouldn't want me to have a mask on. But when I'm away from him, you know, all that bullshit that went on, I know it's bullshit. So I'm not near him right now. I'm going to put a mask on. So he's a a hypocrite, too. And dumbass current occupant, you know, he's not saying anything. Well, why are you wearing a mask that then when you're away from me and you're not wearing a mask now? That's not showing loyalty. (laughs) Right. Come on. Yeah, oh, yeah. this is like, does he have a mask on? I'm like, yep. Look at him. Got a mask on. Yep. But your boss don't believe in masks. <laughs> you know, I, it's 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 hypocritical, man. It, it's you just some days you just you just shake your head, man, because you cannot believe the amount of foolishness that is allowed to go unchecked day after day after day. And uh, you you have to shake your head, man. So um, I'm so tired of talking about this. Absolutely. Idiot. So we ain't going to talk about it no more. He does (laughs) stupid shit every week. Yeah. So we 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 have to keep talking about it. Yeah, we we, we we are done. We are done talking about the current occupant and his <laughs> foolishness for for this episode. Okay. Because I guarantee you, we'll be here next week, and it'll be something else stupid. It'll be something so, else. So we're 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 going to transition, but I I I, <laughs> I think it was important to highlight two different styles of leadership. Yes. Uh, in times of crisis, and we saw that on nine eleven, and we ain't seeing it now. So enough said. And as Forrest Gump says, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> so a um, couple memorials we want to talk about uh, this week. Um, and one, uh, last week, I think on the podcast, uh, we talked about uh, the great Tom Seaver. Yes. Um, Tom Seaver. Well, this week, uh, Lou Brock passed. And again, Lou Brock was one of those players from what I consider, and I think we agreed last week, was that that era of baseball that it truly was America's pastime. Uh, I remember watching Lou Brock since we lived in Kentucky. He played for the St. Louis Cardinals. We saw him all the time, like on the yep. game of the week or yep. whatever. Uh, phenomenal ball player. And uh, he passed this week. And uh, your your reflections on Lou Brock? Oh, man, he was a thief. <laughs> he was a thief, that's for sure. Not a thief that going in and taking somebody's property, but he stole lots of bases. He was a left fielder. Uh, I don't remember if he won a golden glove or not, but he was a left fielder and his big thing was stealing bases. And he had held the, the record of the most stolen bases in a season. And I think he's, 
until it was broken by Ricky Henderson, yep. maybe the mid early eighties, maybe. Yeah, I think yeah, and, I think it was weird. Yeah, Ricky Henderson broke that record. Um, Lou Brock for his career, man, he stole nine hundred and thirty-eight bases. Yeah, I think he still may hold that record. Yeah, I think he still may hold that record. So he was, he was quick on his feet. You know, he wasn't Papa. He was may not been as quick as Papa Bell in yeah. the Negro leagues, but he was faster than anybody else out there. He was able to steal a lot of bases. So, yeah, you know, you think of the St. Louis Cardinals, you think of him, you think of Bob Gibson stands out, you know, that yeah. was on the same team. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was a great ball player, and he was known for that. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I think he had over three, maybe 3,000 hits. Yeah, so 3,023. Okay, so hits. Um, that's I mean he was a he was a slap happy yeah. ball player, you know, just put the ball in play and I'll beat beat the right the, the <laughs> right. ball. I'll get right. to first base before they can get it. Yeah. You know, and that's how that's how he play, you know. It's it's kind of like how softball players I watch a lot of softball, softball players will hit the ball and it'll bounce high and they'll beat it out. He'll run it yeah. out, and that's what he did. You know, yeah. uh, he yeah. was he was good at that. How about yourself, man? What do oh, you think same, about? man. Same thing. Um, you know, like you said, thief on the on the on the base pass, um, Hall of Famer. Uh, I, I did get. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he was a Gold Glove winner. Um, as I no, I don't think so. Week, but uh, two ninety three uh, lifetime batting average, and again, he he made hits, three thousand plus hits. He didn't hit a lot of home runs. I think he had like one hundred forty nine home runs. Didn't hit a lot of home runs. He was a place hitter, right? And uh, kept the ball. You know, put get the hit, get on base. And uh, those St. Louis Cardinals teams of, the, of that era, like you mentioned, Bob Gibson and and him, I think Kurt Flood was part of those teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, gosh, a lot of lot of great great um, people of that organization at the time he played. So, it again, we were in Kentucky, man. So we saw the St. Louis Cardinals on the game of the week all the time. Them and the Reds. And the Reds, yep. Though, and, <laughs> and occasionally you get the Atlanta Braves. You know, since we we're yep. in that area. Yep. You get yep. the Atlanta Braves, but uh, those St. Louis Cardinals teams of those era, of that era, um, hell of an organization, and a lot of great players came through that organization. And so Lou Brock was one of them. Glad we had a chance to see him play. And uh, again, we want to, you know, uh, wish him, uh, you're not wish, but, you know, rest in peace, uh, rest in power uh, yep. for the great person and the great athlete that he was. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um. Another memorial, and uh, this one here just really like um, really just I won't say it stunned me, but uh, Ronald Bell, uh, and that name may not be familiar to a lot of people, uh, but Ronald Bell is one half of the founders of the founding uh, parties of Cool in the Gang. I think Cool in the Gang is probably one of the greatest R&B groups of of all time. But uh, Ronald Bell uh, founded Cool in the Gang with his brother, Robert. Uh, He passed away uh, earlier this week as well. And so um, love Cool in the Gang, man. I I, I listened to Cool in the Gang all week, man, on on my playlist, (laughs) Cool in the Gang playlist. I listened to all their songs, man, and and just distinct sound. And he was responsible uh, for that Cool in the Gang sound. 
um, Cool and the Gang started out as a jazz group. Yep. Uh, I think they were called the Jazzy the Jazzy Addicts or Jazzy Acts or something like that. I can't remember the exact name, but they started as a jazz group. And you get that that jazz feel from Summer Madness. Summer uh, Madness. Summer right. Madness, uh, which has been sampled by countless people, uh, namely the DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince use right. that that sample for uh, their big hit summertime but cool and the gang has a catalog that will stand man and i have to share a cool and the gang story with you man back in the day when track team on e-town high track team we'd ride the bus to the various track meets north harden fort knox whatever and at the time i think it was the wild and peaceful album which had funky stuff Jungle yep. boogie, Hollywood <laughs> swinging. Yeah, we would. Somebody would bring a, a boombox, and we would listen to that tape while we were on that bus. And I remember uh, James Hayes, the late James Hayes, a uh, great guy, man. Uh, James Hayes would sometimes bring the box, and he had the Cool in the Gang tape, man. And we'd listen to that tape <laughs> all the way to the track meet, and we'd sing our. We'd sing our tip, but we were screaming and singing, especially Hollywood swinging. We would sing that song, man. And, uh, but I, I love Cool in the Gang, man. Love Cool in the Gang and yep. Uh, yep. Distinct Sound. Uh, and then um, they transitioned later in the 80s. Uh, James J.T. Taylor took over the, a lot of the lead vocals, which, you know, they they changed their style to coincide with disco and produce some of the biggest hits of the disco era. So, yeah. Uh, Really, he will be missed, man, in the yeah. in the music industry. So your reflections on cool? Yeah, that's the same thing, man. Uh, you know, cooling the game. That you know, summer madness was the beginning of it, and then jungle boogie was just so odd. Yeah, but it was funky. Yep. You know, <laughs> and everybody. I mean, everybody went along with you. Could sing the lyrics because Absolutely. you know they. <laughs> because they were having fun doing it. Yeah. Um, and then they, when they hit, when JT came in, then they started doing more pop music and then they transitioned to Billboard and so on yeah. and became more popular that way. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, they remind me a lot like Earth, Wind and Fire. You know, when they started, they were kind of a jazz group as well. Mm -hmm. And then they transitioned into more pop and R&B and so on. But uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, my uh, one of my fraternity brothers, um, my sans, you know, every day at three o'clock at Eastern Kentucky University, man, I would hear celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> Three o'clock. I mean, I'm, you know, I always had early classes. You know, I'd get up at eight o'clock, nine o'clock, and come back and, you know, do homework, watch the soaps, whatever. Then three o'clock, you know, I'd just kind of hang out with, you know, the, my fraternity brothers up on the fourth floor of Dupree Hall. Yeah. But he always had, he always played the summertime, I mean, the uh, celebration, you know, uh, uh, album that, that, that was out there, you know, celebrate and, Yep. You know, lady and all those things, you know, so yep. every day about three o'clock it would come on and then follow that, you know, he always followed with Thriller. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I hear PYT and, and Thriller and Billie Jean and, you know, all that was all coming out of the wow. coming out of the hallways from the dorms of Dupree Hall at Eastern Kentucky University. Wow. And um, when we were locked in a 
we were it wasn't a lock-in but we were all in a room one time and uh going through this uh pledge thing and that was the only thing that kept us going man is that he had a little uh, Walkman, and he okay. would turn it up as loud as he could, and we could hear, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, celebrate and so on. So that's that was that was my my thoughts on on uh, cooling the game. Wow, wow, yeah. To this day, man, I've I've done countless wedding receptions, and you want to get a wedding reception going. <laughs> Put on celebration. Celebration. <laughs> to this day, man, people will pack the dance floor to celebration. It's it's a good, good, happy song, man. Yes. And uh, yep. so they've got a tremendous catalog. And uh, Mr. Ronald Bell, rest in peace, rest in power. In power. Yep. Yes. Yep. So um, coming up to our last story of the night, and this one is special. Uh, because it's about, as you said at the top of the broadcast, it's about one of our homies. And um, she is actually a relative of mine. Hell, you, <laughs> hell Wayne, you're, you're, you're related to everybody in I'm E-Town. I'm related to everybody except, in E-Town. Except man. me. <laughs> so she is a relative. I've, I've known this young lady uh, for a long, long time. Actually, we went to, we went to school with her uncle. Yep, yep. yep, yep. Class yep. of 75. Yep. And so she's actually sort of named after him, yep. <laughs> so to speak. So but enough. she's doing some tremendous things. She has been doing some tremendous things. That's Miss Kendra Stewart. And so we wanted to talk about uh, her latest uh, role that she's taken on there in um, in E-Town, Hardin County. But this past week, she was named Vice President of Operations for the Hardin County Chamber of Commerce, which is tremendous. And, um, you know, the work she's going to be doing, she's going to be involved in event planning and programming and that type of thing, which that's what's needed there, man. We we need somebody with some vision, <laughs> yes. you know, to bring some things to that area. I mean, we I think one of the early podcasts, we talked about this particular issue yep. of, of getting someone in the mix uh, within the Hardin County government to realize that, hey, you need to bring bring some events here that appeal to everyone, and I yes. think uh, I think Kendra in that position, I think she's going to be able to do that, and she will do that. We uh, hope she can. Yeah, I hope she can, and yes. I hope she doesn't, you know, get a lot of resistance from people uh, who don't want to see progress, who want to keep things the status quo. Uh, but Kendra's doing some great things, man. And, um, you know, we we wanted to mention that tonight because she is she's one of us. Yep. She is one of us. And uh, so your thoughts. Yeah, I just remember, you know, she lived right up the street from me. I remember her in little pigtails <laughs> and uh, our grandma used to live. I can't think of grandma's name, first name now. Uh, uh, gosh, I can't think of her name, but she lived right up right up the street from on us from us on Miles Street next to Brenda Skillman. Okay, yep, yep. And and uh Kendra was just a little tot when uh, her mom, I can't think of mom's name now. Um was it Miss was see, it Miss Mary Blanche? Miss Mary Blanche. Yeah. Okay, yeah. it was grandma. Yeah. And then Cassandra was the aunt, Ken yeah. was an uncle, and yeah. um what's her mom's name? Brenda. Um, Brenda. Brenda, yeah, Brenda. Yeah. Brenda Stewart. Yeah. And so, yeah, Ken was just a little, little tot, you know, and gosh, just think that was 45, 50 years ago, maybe. I, I don't remember. You're aging us, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
hey, it lets you know that progress is still taking place. And absolutely, someone that's gone from pigtails, you know, gone from pigtails to the, you know, the the the, the head of the the vice president of the Chamber of Commerce of Elizabethtown, you know, that's that's a, a great accomplishment, you know. So, you know, once I left E Town, you know, you really don't keep up with a lot of stuff that goes on there, you know, because we're away. And uh, I just happened to be looking at the News Enterprise, which is the local newspaper, and saw that story. And so I, you know, took a screenshot and I sent it to you. And then later on, your sister uh, also posted it on uh, one of the social media things. And so, uh, yeah, we want to give plenty of props to Kendra. Uh, you know, all the great things that she's done and all the great things that I hope that she does for our hometown yep. and wish her much success. Absolutely, man. She, You look at what she's doing, not only this job, but she's real estate. She's involved in real estate. Um, she's been in a lot of different uh, entities there, you know, to try to make a difference um, in our old hometown, man. And I'm a bit more, I guess, close to the action than you are, since the bulk of my family is still there. Yeah. So I I do hear a lot more things, and you know, because they're constantly, like I say, posting stuff on social media and whatnot. But um, yeah, man, we we remember Kendra from when she was a little little girl, man, and here she is now, man, doing tremendous things, and uh, she's a good person. That says she is a good person, and so um, again, she's a relative. Uh, went to school with Ken, you know, uh, back, back in the day. And so just just a good person, good young lady. And I truly believe she's going to do some tremendous things uh, for Hardin County. Hardin County is blessed uh, to have her in that role. So congratulations. By the way, she lived on my side of the tracks. <laughs> she lived on your side of the tracks. Absolutely. That is true. She lived on your side of I'm the just, tracks. I'm just your side of the track. Yeah, Yeah, we got that's a good one. That's a good one. On your side of the tracks, yeah. But we we claim her on our side too. I know, I know. You're you're related to her anyway. Yeah, I'm related to her. So does that trip me? I don't know. You know, but but yeah. But we we uh, we wish Kendra Kendra nothing but the best, man, as she goes forward in her new role. So, um, any other topics? Any? Any other insights you want to share? We're at the top of the hour, so any anything else you want to share tonight? Uh, no, not we... really. Just make sure make sure that when you go out and vote, you don't vote twice. That's right. Don't commit a felony. <laughs> don't commit a felony. <laughs> <laughs> do your civic duty uh, yeah. and and get out and vote, but just make sure that you you do it right. Um, you know, other than that, you know. In Indianapolis, I'm going to keep moving forward. You know, I, uh, you know, I'm running for office again for the uh, school board. Okay. And so uh, there's four, you know, uh, at large positions available, and, and three of a three of us that's on the school board. Um, we've applied and we've done what we're supposed to do, signatures, petitions, and all that kind of stuff. And and so, you know, if I just go and vote for myself, I'm probably going to win a re-election. So i uh, just like to give a shout out to all the folks that are listening that's from in Perry Township, you know, that, uh, you know, still get out and vote and still uh, do your civic duty. Uh, if things come up, just uh, let me know. And you can't please everybody. 
you know, in a political office. So uh, I'm going to continue to do my best and hopefully things work out for uh, the over 16,000 students that are that I, I represent on the school board as being the school board president. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome, man. Continue that good work and uh, hopefully you get reelected. I uh, hope so. Uh, <laughs> it'd be, it'd be bad wife. if I don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Cynthia, she has applied to be on the uh, the Homeowners Association board here. And so, um, you know, she felt she needed to get involved. And so she applied to one of the I think they've got three, three or four open positions on the Homeowners Association. So she applied for, for one of those open positions. Good for her. And um, she's going to look into also developing a um, newsletter. Uh, to highlight um, events that are uh, important to the black community out here, because really we don't have anything. There are a lot of different, you know, fragmented type uh, entities, but no one central um, device that says, hey, here's what's going on, not only here in Colorado Springs, but here's what's going on in Denver and Aurora, wherever. It's a black event. So she said, you know what, I'm going to put together a newsletter and uh, compile all this information and send it out. Start with the contacts. And she is a sorority member. Uh, contact some of her sorority sisters in Denver and around here and 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 get this thing going and then, um, you know, see what it's going to do. Uh, but there are a lot of a lot of events around here uh, that are black centric. We don't know about them until, oh, that's going on. We didn't know about that. You know, and so uh, she saw a need and she's going to try to meet that need. So I think it's fantastic. And so a lot, a lot of people are doing some some good work, man. So we uh, not only yourself doing good work on the school board, my wife's trying to do some things here and everybody that may be listening. If you're doing good work, keep up that good work uh, because everybody's got to contribute to what's going on. And so if you're out there doing your thing, keep doing it. So. Sounds good. How about yourself, man? Any final thoughts? Uh, no, other than uh, I'll just echo, man, we're getting close. Uh, what is it? 60 something days, maybe we're hitting 59 or so days. Um, make sure you exercise your civic duty. Get out there. Vote for the candidate of your choice. Uh, but at least do your civic duty and vote. Uh, don't listen to a lot of these knuckleheads that are telling people, you know, hold your vote hostage and all this foolishness. Uh, this is too important. And so I think, too, before we sign off, I want to, uh, you know, we need to remember all the folks who are dealing with the wildfires um, right. on the West Coast, man. It's it's really tragic uh, what's going on. People's homes lost. People have died. Whole towns have been leveled. Uh, I mean, it really looks like a war zone out in California and Oregon. And I talked to some of my coworkers up in Washington State this past weekend. Uh, they said they can barely see up there because it's it's so um, you know smoky and whatnot, and they're restricted to their homes because the air quality is just terrible. Yeah, in uh, Fort Collins, Stephanie said that you know they get a lot of they're getting a lot of the smoke and yeah. they're getting they're getting yeah. ash and everything yep. coming down from yep. just up in that area. Yep. So need to remember those folks uh, what they're dealing with. Um, it, it's just tragic time, man. As wife and I were talking today, man, 2020 is going to go down as in our lifetime. I think 2020 is going to go down as like. This is one of the worst years I think we've lived through, man. Yeah. You know, with all the calamities and everything going on, it, you won't forget 2020 for a long time. So, uh, so that that's my closing thoughts. Uh, it's been a blast being here tonight again on the Across the Tracks podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. 
And again, we're open. We're an equal opportunity podcast. If you got something you want to share with us, feel free to do so. Uh, hit us up on the Facebook page. We're on various platforms wherever you get your podcast, iTunes, Google, um, wherever you get your podcast, we're there. And so um, we're here. Hit us up. Um, but until we see you again, I'm going to close with my uh, greeting from last week. That is Wakanda forever. <laughs> Chiliamo dopo.